Hey guys, welcome back to another edition of the best women's boxing show, period. JJJ, look at you. You got that wrap. Well, not the wrap. It's the hair. It's the hair, you know. <laughs> I've been taking my vitamins and my hair <laughs> has been growing out of control. I attribute it to my organic gardening. It is. Okay, well, anyways, I am Cynthia Conte. And I'm Giandra LaBeouf. And we got another one in the can for you. And we're going to have another one even better. Even but before better. we get to our guest, so in honor of our guest, we're going to have to talk about a fight that's about to happen. Usually we recap. Yeah, we usually recap a fight. But in this sense, we're going to have to talk about a fight that's going to happen. It's a real true grudge match. And everyone can say you're the first match. Um, Gennady won. The second match was a draw, or whoever won. It, it, it really doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. um, but now it's, uh, it's, it's come to it. The third is coming down September 17th, which will be at... Las and, Vegas. Yeah, and Nevada. before we bring in our guests, because we'll be like, uh, can we get like um, special VIP passes to a I certain person? I need all access. <laughs> I want to walk to the ring with them. <laughs> I didn't even get that when I did the, the <laughs> part two. But okay, so we saw the, Giandra, I don't know if you got, you, did you see the press conference for uh, 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 Canelo versus Gennady 3? I sure did. And I saw all those spicy, spicy sound bites that came out of the press right? conference. I oh. love a good grudge match. We fighting. This is not a tea party. Okay, so first of all, Canelo English is is amazing. Like hey, day. Yep. And then Gennady's Kazakhstan Russian is even better because we don't know what the we don't Karaspiche. know what the fuck he's saying. He's talking shit. Oh, he's I'm totally talking shit. It. But the way he talks shit is just like yeah, with a smile, with the with it's the ice cold eyes. It's nasty nice. And I'm, <laughs> I, I think I'm a queen of nasty nice. So I like that. <laughs> But okay, so now um, people ask, does did this fight need to really happen? Of course, uh, absolutely. Whether it, the paydays, the paydays, very nice payday. Yeah. Did you expect it to be the next fight in Canelo after the Bevel lost? Because Bevel is now has to fight X amount of whoever, mm -hmm. whoever next. But did you want to see the rematch with Bevel? We've talked about this before. Or did you want to see a Gennady? Or did you want to see him fight Charlo? Honestly, if I had to put the three in order. I am 1A and 1B in seeing Triple G fight the rematch with Canelo yeah. and fighting Charlo. I'm not really interested in seeing Canelo fight Bivol again, even though I enjoyed the fight. It was a very one-sided fight, yeah. and I feel like uh, the rematch will look the same, just as I feel like the rematch with Usyk and yeah. Joshua is going to look the same. It's going to be a very similar um, pugilistic match favoring the boxer, which is Usyk in that case and uh, Bivol in this case. But... Canelo Triple G has just polarized fans in such a way. Why not? Why right? not? I'm surprised that it didn't happen before the B-ball fight. And, but now we're here, and I'm watching. We're going. It's birthday week. I mean, September is always my birthday week. And um, it, oh, someone's going to – this one, I believe someone's going to knock someone out. Really? I really believe – I don't know who. I, and, and we're going to get to talk to our guests about this because a lot of people have said uh, age – Gennady is 40, mm -hmm. and uh, they always say, you know, it as you get older in in boxing, it you know, it takes wear and tear on you. But then I also look at George Foreman. Mm -hmm. But then you can also look at Canelo. Canelo's amateur career, he's not old in age, but he's old in ring wear. Yeah. So, I mean, that takes a toll as, uh, as well. And like our, our buddy Pink Tyson, who was on with us, she said age doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter what age. Golovkin is because look at Anderson Silva yeah. look at all these people who have come in later parts of their age to be dominant factors and this could be a case too he's a clean living kind of person so I mean crazy enough that he's been the middle he's been a middleweight all his career that's man, that's you know what if I need if, to eat his right diet. if if Imagine if all fighters stayed at their their same weight class their entire career. Do you what know how be? much I would enjoy being the same weight I was at like twenty five years old? Right, right. I'd be like fine. I just I'd, I'd be walking around naked all damn period. Day. <laughs> Period. So. I agree. I could not agree more. But yes, I am looking forward to it. I love the nasty, nice talking. I like the fan chatter. I like the differencing of differences of opinion. Mm -hmm. And that's what makes it epic. And that's what's going to make it an epic fight week. So it's going to be dope. I think what's funny is that when Canelo says, yeah, he, he talks really nice of me now once the fight is signed but the whole time Payday. he's saying I'm dirty. My team is dirty. OK, to be fair, he did test dirty. And that's why the second fight was postponed. So it's not like 
it, it, it just it happened. It happened. Okay? You know what makes that Whatever dirty? Happened. Because these are reported things. He and ate, he, he and ate tainted meat. Right. And it's fair for Golovkin to comment on things that it's have been said publicly. He's not just making it up. Yeah, it's it, it's fair that he said something because there was a test done a test and it done. came out positive. So it's not like he's it's coming out of Golovkin's ass like saying he's dirty. So I mean, maybe to to say. I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Golovkin decided when I interviewed him, Steve Kim and I, we went up to Big Bear to interview him. And when that came out, he only spoke to us in his language. <laughs> so doing a follow up inter like follow up questions was quite difficult. And I can just tell you, he was really pissed off when I did that interview for Ring. You guys go check it out. It was a really good interview. He he was mad. But um, so do you think that uh, this fight is a little too late? No, it's never too late for a good match. I mean, look how long it took uh, Floyd and Pacquiao to fight. That's true. But it, yeah, the, the buildup was so great. And then it was, what if it comes out as a draw? Well, it, it oh, now okay. that sucks. Okay, and we're going to have to ask um, our guest. It happened in Vegas. And then for him to come back, because we obviously know the judges saw it a whole different way from than a lot of people. Like some of them didn't even believe Golovkin won any rounds, which was so funny fucking bananas to me what do you what do you think of it being back in vegas tax liability <laughs> that's right and if for they no need, reason else. they need the money to pay these two out the bajillion dollars that DAZN owes them and it's a saying. great destination for our international fight fans to come and yeah and sit by the pool and drink drinks and gamble yeah it's just more fun because everything is concentrated in one area as opposed to let's say it's in la at staples center there's lots of hotels and nice things to do there, but you still got to go out to the cut if you want to go to the beach. Yeah, that's you true. You got to Uber. Gas is high. Don't even get me started on the prices <laughs> of gasoline. But, you know, it, it, it makes sense. Big fight feel, fight capital of the world. Why not? All right. Well, on that note, well, well you know what? Regardless, do you have a, do you have a prediction? <sighs> I don't. Not yet. I, I will. Yeah. I will have a prediction. I just don't have one now. I just predict that... Twitter is going to be in shambles. Oh, That's my God. Boxing Twitter is going to be at its best, as always. But on that note, we're going to introduce our next guest. Yes, we are. Nobody knows Gennady Golovkin more than this gentleman. He is a promoter. And, I mean, he's only promoted just, like, some top names, like the Klitschko brothers, uh, Cecilia Brake. Who's that? Gennady Golovkin. I don't know. Some, some guy. <laughs> See? Our shared brain. Some guy named Tom Loeffler. Yay! Welcome to the show. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and now he's 360's Hollywood Fight Nights promoter, and uh, he puts on these great shows, but we're going to get to that. So you got to hear in a little bit, Tom, of what we were talking about, and uh, your thoughts. Uh, okay, honestly, did Gennady come and say, should I take this fight next, or should I go fight Charlo? How did, how did the powers that be happen on this one? No, Gennady's always wanted the third fight. Uh, as you both pointed out correctly, the first two decisions were very controversial. Uh, I don't think there was any question in a reasonable person's mind that saw the first fight that Triple G won that first fight. Even uh, one of your mentors, Cynthia Harold Letterman, had it 8-4. Uh, yeah, for, yeah. For and uh, that seemed to be pretty general uh, consensus from the ringside media. Uh, naturally, the fans are going to go with... Uh, whichever fighter that they bet on. Although a lot of uh, Canelo fans came up to, to us afterwards and said that uh, Triple G won the fight. But anyway, it, it was a controversial decision. It was a draw, so Triple G got to keep his titles. The second fight was clearly much closer. Um, but we don't think that uh, Canelo did enough to win or to take the titles, and uh, that's what happened. Uh, you know, one of the judges uh, scored it for, you know, both of those, just to back up a little score, Scores would have been different. Outcomes would have been different if one judge would have scored one round differently on their card. Then uh, Triple G would have won the first fight and would have had a draw in the second fight. And you know, as you mentioned, that one judge—we don't need to, to mention her name—but uh, how she scored ten rounds in the first fight doesn't make sense. But to make it even more controversial, if one of the other three judges had scored the seventh round. Uh, which was probably Gennady's best round for Gennady, then Gennady would have won the fight. So, I don't know. It, it's it's a lot of back and forth. And then, like you said, Canelo did test positive. 
He actually tested positive twice, oh. which uh, I think he only mentioned one time, but he, he, he failed two tests, which resulted in the uh, six-month suspension of the uh, Nevada Athletic Commission. And, um, and, and that's what really made up Gennady upset because he's always been focused on being very clean, trying very hard. Um, you know, Canelo has said that it was a tainted meat in Mexico. Um, you know, the official results said it could have been either tainted meat or it could have been. It was, a, it was to, to be fair, it was a very low amount uh, of uh, clamburol. And yeah. uh, the official said that it could have either been from tainted meat or it could have been, you know, at the end of uh, uh, a cycle. And there was just a. Uh, uh, a small amount. I still don't know. Maybe uh, you guys can research this for me because it never came out from the athletic Nevada Athletic Commission. How many steaks or how much meat do you have to uh, to yeah. eat? <laughs> That's positive for Clamburo. I don't know. I know Gennady's eating a lot of steaks over his uh, <laughs> over his life and never tested positive, so I'm not sure. And that's what that's really where that animosity came from 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 uh, Gennady. He's always respected Canelo as an athlete. Uh, Canelo is truly one of the uh, what should i say uh, uh top boxers in, in in the sport of boxing and and certainly one of the most marketable that's what makes these matchups between triple g and canelo so fan friendly or so interesting because they both have two huge fan bases two global fan bases yeah. and when you get uh two fighters like that together they both can sell out an arena and sold out many arenas uh on their own fights when you get those two fan bases together, that's what makes it such a compelling uh, fight. And, you know, the, uh, the fight was supposed to happen, uh, according to the zone, in 2019, one year after the second fight. Mm -hmm. In fact, they, that's pretty much what they signed Gennady under is because they uh, wanted to have the third fight and then Canelo sued his promoter and the zone in order not to have that fight in 2019. So there's a lot of uh, conspiracies out there that say that uh, he waited until uh, Triple G was 40 in order to fight him. Now it's a, it's an interesting time now because Gennady's coming off a big win uh, in Japan against Murata, another world champion. Yeah. And uh, Canelo's coming off of a loss. So before when people are saying Triple G's 40, Canelo's at the top of his game, now it looks a lot more competitive. And at 168, uh, you're right, uh, staying at 160 pounds his entire career, Gennady's very dedicated very uh, focused on uh, what he does outside the ring, even when he's not training. His eating habits, doesn't hang out, no alcohol, anything like that. And uh, for him to stay at 160 pounds his entire career, he always said that if there was a fight at 168 that was compelling, that uh, would make sense. He said he would have fought Carl Froch at Wembley Stadium. He would have sold out Wembley Stadium back uh, a long time ago when uh, Chavez Jr. with the legendary name uh, said that he would fight him at 168. Uh, we were close to making that fight with Top Rank and, and with Bob Arum. But uh, now with this fight with uh, Canelo 3, it's uh, it's a huge fight. And uh, so Gennady has absolutely no problem uh, moving to 168 and fighting at that uh, at that weight. He's 40, but uh, as you also pointed out, you know Canelo started boxing when he was 15. So uh, he's got, in terms of number of years fighting, Canelo has a lot more... Uh, years fighting than uh, Triple G does uh, professionally. Can I ask you just about the timeline, Tom? We saw Canelo in the fight against um, Dimitri Bivol. So when you watch as a promoter of Triple G, when you watch a fight like that, is the loss satisfying to see him get a chink in the armor? Ooh. And also, were you guys already in the thick of things of making the third fight when the Bivol fight was happening? Good question, Jay. Are you not? I took my right. Wheaties today. I ate um, <laughs> You know, Bevel's a, a likable guy, um, so I'm sure Gennady was uh, cheering for, for him uh, in that fight. Um, it was interesting, not necessarily to see Canelo lose, but to see Canelo lose a decision in Las Vegas. I didn't think that was possible, honestly, with a score of <laughs> 10 rounds to two. Right. <laughs> it's possible. Fight that most people thought <laughs> okay. he won. I, I just, you, you, you wonder, like, what do you have to do to beat, uh, to win a decision uh, in Las Vegas uh, against Canelo? Uh, there's a new uh, executive director now that's there, and hopefully uh, this time around, uh, if Gennady performs the way he did in the first two fights, hopefully, you know, he'll get some of those close rounds that he didn't get uh, when he was a champion. The other interesting role reversal here is that uh, Triple G was a champion the last two times he fought they fought each other, and uh, this time, 
Canelo is the undisputed 168-pound uh, champion, which makes him the champion coming into the ring and guys the challenger. So we hope that trend continues where the challenger uh, gets the nod <laughs> in, in, in this trilogy. At, at 168, how does he feel? I mean, obviously, because he's he's much older now. Uh, does he feel better at this age? I mean, or, or, or at this weight class, does he feel stronger? Does he feel faster? What, what does uh, Gennady feel, or what do you see? Well, any anyone that gets older knows the metabolism slows down. So I'm pretty sure moving to 168. Not that he couldn't make 160 anymore, because he just did that uh, for the Murata fight in Japan and made it comfortably. He's got a great. Uh, chef, uh, shout out to uh, James Lockwood, who uh, has been a great addition to uh, to oh, his yeah. team, and naturally Jonathan Banks is training is training him um, at this point. But um, uh, so he made 160 easy for the for the Murata fight, which isn't easy. You know, I, I wanted to go back, and I wasn't as vocal on social media as I normally would be for that fight because there's a lot of uh, superstars in the U.S. That never leave the U.S. That are that are champions yeah. and never want to go either fight fight another champion overseas or defend their titles overseas. And Gennady has done that a number of times. He sold out the O2 Arena in London against Kelbrook. He sold out the Saitama Arena against uh, Murata. The uh, famous fights, the three fights he had in uh, Monaco, where uh, Prince Albert was there, yeah, and Princess Charlene, and you know, so it's been uh, an interesting road for Gennady fighting all over the world and, and that's one thing you got to give him credit for that's that's one thing you got to give uh, Devin Haney credit for when he went to Australia yeah. mm -hmm. and, and fought, uh, fought over there and uh, so that was nice to see Devin uh, do that uh, unfortunately in the past you, you didn't really see uh, a lot of American champions risking their title I mean they might go over to challenge for a title but not like Triple G was a champion and went to England or Triple G was champion to unify uh, in Japan because it's so many different conditions. First, you have the jet lag, then you have a different, you're living out of a hotel, you have different food program, and mm -hmm. just the whole thing is, is so much different than if you're uh, fighting in your comfort zone, in your home commission, theoretically, or, or home base, and uh, it's much easier uh, to that. So it, it was nice to see Gennady do that. Uh, and with Canelo, as I mentioned, with Canelo losing against Bebo, uh, you could say, you know, Bebo kind of put the blueprint out there. You, know, you got to give him a lot of credit. Uh, he had the long reach. Uh, he definitely had some uh, very clear rounds where he was snapping Canelo's head back. I think uh, Gennady was landing just as many punches as Bebo was, but there were a lot of Gennady's punches uh, were short fast and uh, and sometimes the judges if they're not at the right angle they might not have seen those punches but uh, Beevil had him backing up and uh, you know when he landed some of those long shots you could see Kyle's uh, head uh, snapping back and, and and that was a lot easier uh, to score those punches than some of the uh, some of the punches in the uh, the first two fights with the uh, Triple G Canelo. You know, in the press conference that we've seen leading up to it, obviously not too long ago, uh, you know, Cane Canelo has said that he Gennady looks mad and Gennady just is, well, I don't give a shit. I don't care. But <laughs> is, does, does Gennady, how does he feel about Canelo? Like, I know it's a fight. He's just like, he's very, very grateful that the third fight, it's for the fans. And, 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 and it's almost... It's almost like a script, which I understand because it is for the fans because a lot of people said they don't want to watch it, but I damn well know they're going to either stream it, it, they're going to steal it, they're going to watch it, they're going to buy the it. fight, they're going to buy tickets for the fight because they want to see how this ending happens. God forbid it's another draw. Mm -hmm. But uh, I don't know. I mean, come on, Tom. Just let us know. Do, what does Gennady say? I mean, he's so... <laughs> is, is Tom, Gennady's you know. <laughs> how do you, can you, know? you tell us how to say fuck that dude in, in like Russian or something like that? <laughs> that was an interesting dynamic. I wasn't expecting that too much uh, that Canelo was uh, so angry. Look, I, I, I've seen Canelo on a number of occasions personally uh, at different fights, you know, when Chocotito fought in San Diego and he was down there and I said hi to him. And like I said, I have respect for him and everything yeah. that he's accomplished in his career. Uh, certainly a global uh, superstar that can sell out uh, arenas, arguably, arguably the biggest ticket seller that we have right now in the sport of boxing. Um, but I was I was a little bit surprised at uh, how angry Canelo kind of appeared at the press conference when you would have thought you got two decisions that were controversial and both went your way. You'd think, <laughs> right? um, I'm uh, actually, oh, I should be happy that I'm fighting uh, Triple G again, especially at, at uh, 40. 
because uh, he kind of got you know two uh, two decisions that uh, probably could have could have gone a different way with uh, you know different judges or different uh, different location. Um, so that that was interesting, and like you said, that uh, Gennady was just kind of laid back. He's he's going with the flow. He's happy that the fight's happening. Yeah. Uh, not only financially because this is a very marketable fight. Uh, again, you know, we set for the first fight. I think we had the third highest uh, ticket sales record in uh, Nevada boxing history, where they had so many yeah. uh, huge thing that um, you know, in terms of the marketability of this fight. And I think that's why you're seeing this fight happen instead of a rematch with the Beevil, is because this is the. Uh, uh, you know, the more marketable fight and one that, uh, you know, the fans are interested in, uh, in terms of the trilogy uh, happening right now. I know this is a question that's kind of in the weeds, but going back to what you're saying that maybe the judges didn't have the right perspective or what are, you know, in the, some of the other fights, are you an advocate of judges just, you know, mixing up the whole thing and changing the way boxing is done in that, maybe putting judges at an elevated perch, a different perspective, a different angle. Do you have any thoughts on that? Because I've seen that argument before that just from that perspective, even being ringside media, it's hard to see what is going on. Mm -hmm. And we're, you know, we have the luxury of doing this and looking at the computer, but the judges, it's very traditional, very old school, and it's always done the same way. Do you like the idea of just changing the whole dynamic of what judging looks like in terms of point of view? You know, that's a good question, and it's probably been uh, entertained uh, for a while. I, I'm an advocate of anything that gives the judges a better perspective. I actually think the judges should have the benefit of a monitor. Mm -hmm. If there's, uh, you know, if the fans can see the monitor, and even the commission can see monitor afterwards instant replay and see maybe punches landages you know in other sports whether it's football tennis just watching Wimbledon whatever it is you have the assistant of of a, a replay on a controversial call but the judges uh, don't have that uh, that advantage in you know like I said one point of one round uh, or one point of one judge uh, chain would have changed the scores on both yeah. fights and you know those are when you're talking about careers, imagine if Triple G had won both of those fights. Um, you know, Canelo is, is in the pound-for-pound pound discussion, and uh, and Gennady would be uh, undefeated at that point. And, you know, financially, it makes a huge difference uh, to to uh, each other's careers also. So uh, I, I definitely would be an advocate, whatever it is. Some people have said, you know, ear, earphones so that they don't hear the crowd noise because sometimes judges get influenced by the crowd when – they don't see a punch, but they hear the crowd reaction. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe I, re that's I remember Mauricio from WBC. We had this conversation, and he's had this conversation with other people about the judging at the conventions. And they said maybe put him up in like one of the suites, put give him a, a monitor with no sound, or put. I mean, now we've seen it that they put earphones on them, but it's like because uh, mm -hmm. what we see on a television is so different from the mat. They don't get to see all the angles that we get to see. Or even from yeah. ringside, so um, it's it's still one of those things that they're still trying to figure out. There's really no right, there's no right answer, really. Yeah, that's why sometimes uh, uh, if there's like I was mentioning, if there's a punch like a hook yeah. that might have been blocked by the body yeah. from one judge, but the other two judges they might see, see it. it. Yeah, uh, as an true. example, but uh, you know, and that's why I think uh, a lot of times on TV, the TV audiences a lot of times have a different opinion than the live audience. First, the live audience so is sitting true. down, it rings elevated. Yeah. So the people in the stands are looking down. Uh, but the camera angles are usually looking down. And so they're a much clearer angle with the cameraman um, uh, picking up the punches than uh, sometimes with the uh, with the live audience. Mm -hmm. So true. It depends on how involved the referees are, too. Yeah. I remember watching something like East Coast referees have a style where they're more in the mix and West Coast one stand and observe or maybe it's the other way around but we're never you know, we're never satisfied too. I'm like get off of them let them fight it out and then some fight. of them are like dude they're uh, you need to you need to break them up <laughs> because just it's too put much Kenny hugging. Bayless in just let him do all the fights no who's the one that has the eyes, Bayless, um, the eyes <laughs> over on the east coast love your job like um uh, that's it 
Willis. Yes. Yeah, Steve exactly. Willis. He's one of oh, my yes, favorite Willis, He's yeah. very good, actually. He's yeah. a very good referee. Yes, he is. Okay, There's so... some very good referees out there. New York has, yeah, New York has some good referees. Uh, California has some great referees. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jack Reese is an outstanding yeah. referee out here. Yeah, I saw Sparkle uh, Lee's getting more opportunities. Yeah. Shout out to women refs. Yeah, the women refs. Uh, they, and they, they, a lot of them are on the 360 cards. Oh, yeah, That's I've awesome. got to met. Oh, um, oh, yeah. Can you just do a, sh- a I know, check. I know, I know that we have to go through Fred, but can you just let him know that we would love to interview him? Yes, please. I'll, I'll, just um, say the girl from Ring. I do know a little bit of, of Russian, a little bit, not Stras a lot. Fiche. Yeah, and That's she knows. I, I don't know what. She, oh, wait, what's your German? Ish. Oh, not that. Uh, <laughs> not those. Not those words. Guten Morgen, was machst du? Good morning, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. I can count to ten because my godparent, my godmother's German, okay. and I was playing bid whist with her. My godfather when I was like four years old, mm-hmm. and she'd always count her eyes wide that I feel. She used to count her <laughs> cards to make sure she had enough cards. There you go. I can say kindergarten. Okay. I can say sauerkraut. <laughs> <laughs> I can say Liebchen. Abdeliebegut. Listen, you know a lot more words than I thought. <laughs> You could do a full interview in German. Jandra <laughs> has a good German. Next time I see Jandra on the boat, we're <laughs> rolling. We rolling on out. the yacht. Exactly. The yacht that no one's that I don't know who's been invited to. Mm-hmm. I haven't been invited on it, so I'm going because I'm gonna speak German. That's how I talk myself <laughs> onto the boat. Let, I'm the I'll translator. You know. he'll, he'll, he'll remember you from all those uh, media lunches we had yeah. oh. going up to Big Bear. Oh my training God. camps so fun you know, naturally all the fights he had here in in the la area yeah we would love to we would love for him to be a, uh, oh, just a guest on the show he would be great i remember the one of the oldest ones was when the big talk oh, i'm sorry cynthia i gotta ask you about this tom since we got you we never really talked about this <laughs> when all the talking was going back and forth when they wanted triple g to fight andre ward and i remember we had a media lunch I, that was the first time i ever met our, our colleague michelle phelps shout out to michelle phelps we were at this luncheon and gennady had his luncheon first mm-hmm. And I can't remember who he was fighting at the time. And then Ward came after. And Gennady had on a shirt with Muhammad Ali. And there's pictures of him and Ward. Ward looking dusty, of course, looking like disinterested. Gennady happy and smiling. And that picture got used so many times over the years. And who took that picture? You. This girl right here. Did you get paid? Of course not. Of Of course not. not. Everybody and their mama uses that picture when they talk about Gennady and Ward. So... Back to that that time, how serious was that? How did that make you guys feel? How did that make Gennady feel? Because there was always, he needs to go up, or needs to go down. They need to fight each other. Maybe they do this, <laughs> whatever. So during that time, what was Gennady's thoughts? What were your thoughts? Did you like the idea of that fight? What was that era like? You know, a lot has been made about that, and, and Gennady was just always... You know, he was fighting, he was knocking guys out, he was selling tickets, and I don't know where the issue became on uh, Andre's side because Andre, in his own right, had, had a tremendous career. He Absolutely. wasn't didn't reach the marketability level that Triple G did in terms of selling out arenas. And that's another example, I, I could say, as far as he didn't have that international fan base that Triple G did because he only fought only fought here. But uh, I remember that clearly, uh, Chandra. We did have a double media lunch uh dan goosen um that was i think it was the ashita fight uh, it was very was the early fight, on essentially. yeah and that was uh, when when Gennady was fighting monte carlo and then i think andre had a fight over here somewhere mm-hmm. in uh in la and uh yeah and so Gennady, we we wrapped up our media lunch and we we're walking out and one of the guys says oh there's uh, you know andre can you take a photo with them uh you know, ask Gennady if he could take a photo photo with Andre, and uh, I don't think Andre was expecting that. And so Gennady's like, "Yeah, sure." And then, like you said, Andre's like just kind of like had a kind of a strange look on his face. <laughs> and um, but Gennady didn't care. He was just uh, happy, was uh, happy, happy that there. he was fighting on HBO and and opportunities to defend his title. And then the whole thing came about. I think it became a competition where uh, since Gennady's popularity had. In- increased so much uh, a, a fighter from kazakhstan whose english wasn't that good yeah but had a big fan base a lot of mexican fans and it was uh, you know he, he was he had an exciting fight every time he got in the ring and uh you know andre was always a little bit more cautious and he even said about that that you know it's, it's more important for him 
to be healthy and 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 uh, speak well, which he does. He's a great commentator. Um, then to put on exciting fights, and I think that's where the fan base disparity came about. And then out of the blue, um, once the you know the whole history with the WBC. Well, Canelo vacated the title when he was convincing everyone that he was not a 160 pounder, but he was a 154 pounder. Uh, he had vacated the title, and then. Uh, um, that's when Triple G was the mandatory um, for that fight. Actually, no, backing up before that, you know, Gennady, we were going after uh, Sergio Martinez. That's it. Mm -hmm. Gennady oh, became that's right. Sergio. That's right. Sergio Martinez. <laughs> that, that's what started that. the whole thing. Started the whole thing was uh, Gennady fought Marco Rubio and shattered the uh, attendance record at StubHub. He the, hurt the, the Marco. Former oh, Stubhub. my hurt God, Rubio I remember bad. that. I remember that. Bless I his heart. was on that card, I think. <laughs> And, and uh, yeah, uh, we had some great undercards with the Triple G fights, mm -hmm. but um, that was total sellout against Rubio. And then, uh, and then he became the mandatory for Sergio Martinez. Mm -hmm. And so Sergio wanted to fight uh, Cotto, and mm -hmm. so I'd agreed with Mauricio, okay, let them do their fight, and then Triple G will become the mandatory for the winner of that fight. And then Cotto won, and then actually Cotto wanted to fight Canelo, and... Uh, and uh, Triple G was still the mandatory, and then Canelo won that fight, and so Canelo inherited that mandatory, which had been going on for over a year at that point. And then uh, part of the deal there was uh, we had agreed between Golden Boy, WBC, and the Triple G side that Canelo could do one defense with no step-aside fees. And Cotto paid a huge step-aside fee not to fight Triple G. And I was telling really? Cotto Mauricio, I was saying, we don't want the Triple G doesn't want the step aside fee. He wants the title. Yeah. You know, they can they can fight, but just give up the title so that Triple G could have because his focus at that point was unifying all the titles. That's another reason why he stayed all at middleweight belts. for so long. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because he wanted to he wanted to unify, and uh, that's how the whole rivalry came about with uh, the Canelo fight. But then to get back to your Andre Ward uh, question is that once he was guaranteed the winner of Cotto Canelo, which whoever would have won that fight would have been a huge pay-per-view fight. Right. Uh, Rock Nation sends over this offer. Um, you know, would you would you move up to 168 and fight on reward? It'll be split 50-50. And I responded. I just said, look, you know, he's mandatory for Cotto Canelo winner. Uh, once he gets that fight and then unifies at 160, then he'll be happy to discuss Andre Ward fight. And then somehow Andre turned that into Triple G was afraid mm -hmm. to fight him and turned down the offer. And I don't know. I don't know why he used that uh, to try to market his career because he had a great career. You know, he had the Super Six wins. And uh, uh, I mean, no matter what, he's a Hall of Famer now. So exactly. he just got Hall of Famer. I still wanted yeah, you to have the great. belt drive at the forum when he wanted all the belts. I think you guys should have done a Christmas thing where you were collecting belts for people who need them and yeah. have Triple G out there collecting. Oh, uh, that's yeah. you know what genre? That's a good idea. Yeah, because we we were he was really trying to unify, and I thought if anyone could unify the division, it was Triple G because he didn't care where he had to go. Mm. In fact, uh, we made that big offer to Billy Joe Saunders to go to the UK yeah, and fight. That was him some in the drama UK. too. <laughs> and that was that was drama. Yeah, we made the big offer. For the Billy Joe Saunders unify, then to Chris Eubanks Jr., and they turned both turned it down. And then Kel Brook, a welterweight who was the number one welterweight at the time, uh, agreed to, to take the fight uh, for the same exact dollars that uh, yep. uh, that Eubank was offered. But anyway, we're gonna clip all this because so these new age boxing fans on social media <laughs> like to complain a lot, and they don't know all of this historical right? stuff like we do because these are Anyone new age that fans. Anyone that complains about the opponents of Triple G fights, you just got to ask the other people who were offered <laughs> career-high paydays. And they just like, nope. <laughs> career-high paydays to get into the ring with Triple G, and they turned it down. And were three world titles. I've never had a fighter who had unified all three titles, and people were still turning down fights <laughs> to fight them. It was, it, I've never had that before, whether it was, you know, I mean, any of the guys I was fighting with. It's like people would jump at the chance of fighting for a world title, but not, not with Triple G. They didn't want to. Didn't want to get in the ring at that time. But now I see Chris Eubank Jr. is like Gennady. I'm like, how many years later is this? And, and, and also Jake Paul. Yeah. Ever, oh yeah, well Jake, Jake Paul is just a whole different. That's world. a whole other thing. That's you know, a whole other thing. Folks is talking. Oh, I remember what it was with Chris Eubank. The pen. Didn't Triple G ask him if he could find his pen? Yep. 
pen, his pen, right, his ink his pen. pen. He said he oh, couldn't sign because he lost that's his right, pen. That's right, that's right, that's right. See, Tom, let him know. We're going to clip all this out. And like how they do yeah. that show, Drunk no, History. Right. We're yes. going to do that show like Drunk History, but we're going to call it like Boxing History, and we're going to put like a black and white overlay over it. Oh, my God. it's just going to be Tom Don't like narrating them that. Totally well, they're not going to see it till later. That's true. That is so, true. So, yeah, Tom, we're going to hook you up with a we segment. Do, we could do a history of Triple G sometime when we're not promoting the Canelo fight. Oh, my God. That, that would be fun. And yeah, that would be fun. Okay, that's going to be our job. D- don't tell don't anyone tell this, Tom. No track talk with Dougie. <laughs> no, but yeah, no track talk with Coach. Don't call Steve Kim. Uh-uh, it's, it's Until ours. after we do ours. <laughs> it's ours. Okay, so we're going to have to move on. We love Gennady. We're going to be at the fight. We decided not to go to the Shields Marshall. Wait, yeah, yeah, the Shields Tom. Marshall Thanks, and Alicia Baumgart or the Michaela Mayer Baumgartner because A, it's way too close. B, it's way too expensive. And it's the white, the week right before Vegas. So we're going to be working the fight week. So Woo-woo. we expect some like red carpet interviews. Just, like, just be like these girls Actually, we want to sit in what? the locker room when he's getting his hands taped they we won't let us they, they they don't let women in god Dino's able um, to get in because he's a boy I know Ellie's you know what whatever okay so um, we also know that I like that fight with uh, Savannah Marshall and, and uh, you do and, uh, you you yeah, had shields so you had the final um, HBO show it was a 360 show and um, yeah. I it was an all female card and I was excited because I got to call the undercards yes. with Kevin Kelly, Storm and Rain, and it was a it was so amazing. And um, Cecilia Bracos was on that card, and then Clarissa Shields was on that card. So for her to be fighting this grudge match in UK, it's it, it's another it's it's the biggest women's fight right now um, in, in well in, in women's. In Cecilia women's broke the glass ceiling at HBO. Forty five years of never yeah. having a female boxer on the air, and we did that. In fact, we did that. Going back to when Canelo got suspended, yep. and uh, um, Triple G fought Bonas, and then uh, Chocotito was supposed to be the co-feature of that fight. Yeah, he got injured, so that allowed uh, Cecilia to become the co-feature. So she was the first female to be shown on HBO, which goes back to Layla Ali, who we did the fight with Layla uh, fighting on uh, one of Vladimir's shows when Vladimir Klitschko fought at the Madison Square Garden, and HBO refused to show. Layla's fight, and, but they wanted to do an interview with her father, who was in attendance. And we said, "Why would we allow That's you retarded. To yes. with Muhammad when you're not going to show <laughs> Layla?" And the only reason Muhammad's there is to, to see his daughter. daughter. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Yeah. So, before anything, you do also have some big fighters. You also have the first lady the, of boxing, Cecilia Burgos, as you just mentioned. We noticed that um, she did sadly lose her undisputed. Uh, title to Jessica McCaskill in the welterweight division so she's moving up we haven't seen her in the ring since then but she is uh, fighting which is actually incredible she's fighting in her home country where she was born in Colombia and um, if you guys don't know really her story it's a fascinating story which we need to get her on the show still too Uh, she was adopted at two years old uh, by Norwegian parents so for her to go back to Colombia and fight is a big honor and she was also one of the females that had to fight to 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 be in boxing because she it was illegal. That's right. So much more about her story, yeah, but we'll Julia get into. She has a big story. She, she has, has a great a story. story. And so, uh, but she's fighting the undefeated WBC junior middleweight champ Patricia Patricia Bergholt. Uh, mm-hmm. Why the move up? Uh, why not retire? I mean, there, everyone said Jessica McCaskill said I'm going to retire. Was retirement in the in the in, on her mind at one point or to move up? Cecilia has never mentioned uh, retirement. She wanted to fight for another world title, and the opportunity presented itself to fight, uh, to move up to, to and fight for the 154-pound uh, uh, WBC title, and that's the route uh, that she's decided to go. And if she wins that fight, there's another title fight uh, waiting in the wings, but uh, you never want to get ahead of yourself. But yeah. Cecilia's a pioneer, um, and what she's accomplished, uh, three uh, Guinness Book of World Records, um, a lot of a lot of things uh, that that she's accomplished, which uh, I'm very proud of her. Um, and also, what I mentioned about uh, being on HBO and the first the 
first headline fight on HBO. Remember Halle Berry came to that fight? Yeah. When, uh, Hook us up with you. Oh, yeah. You can, uh, with Chris Cyborg. You, Tom, we, you we know can, what? We're good with Chris Cyborg. We got Chris Cyborg. We were supposed to have her in. We were going to try to have her in today, but she ended up leaving. Yeah, she left yesterday. If we would have filmed yesterday, we would have had Chris in the studio with us. So, please, Tom, but, please. Hook so, us up. now that they have the, the uh, Katie, they're like, who could uh, Chris Cyborg fight? Is Katie Taylor? I'm thinking it should have been Cecilia. Mm-hmm. Should have been Cecilia. Mm-hmm. But um, we, were, we were talking about that fight with Cyborg and Cecilia uh, when, when yeah. she was under Sure was. Yes. Uh, and Cyborg's well, got a huge fan base herself. She does. And I would love to see her in the ring. Okay, so I, I, I hate rushing through this because. Um, but at least we got the Gennady, we got Cecilia. We can't wait to see her back in the ring. Um, more pressing matters. You got the Klitschko brothers. We've talked about this. When I've texted you, how are they doing in Ukraine mm, because of mm-hmm. this whole war that's been happening? Sadly, it is still happening. Uh, how are they? Have you spoken to them? And I know one of them just had a birthday. I think Vitaly did. I'm not sure. Vitaly, who's uh, right there. Yeah, I see that. Uh, that's a great Right behind. Goal. That was the first uh, K2 promotion show that we did. Yeah. Uh, at Staples Center uh, against Corey Sanders for the vacant WBC heavyweight championship that uh, Lennox Lewis had actually uh, vacated instead of doing the rematch. So uh, that painting is still from the very first uh, K2 show that we did. Uh, and K2 holds the record for the most heavyweight championship promotions uh, this century. And mm. they're continuing it with uh, Alexander Usyk because Alexander Usyk's with K2 Ukraine. So mm-hmm. Is there still uh, a K2 Ukraine? Is, uh, uh, Usyk, yeah, sure. Yeah, oh, I didn't know if it was still around because uh, I know that you were with K2, so I didn't know if it was still a thing. I didn't know. Cause yeah, I, K2 in Ukraine. Us- Alexander Krasiuk runs uh, K2. Okay, because I thought Usyk was with Agus, and oh no, he's not well, with Agus the zone. Is manager. Yeah, I, I didn't know. But Agus is, uh, yeah, Agus is on the management the manage- side. I didn't know if not- he was with the zone officially. I don't know. I don't know how. Wait, is it it's okay? Tricky. Is it? Do you remember? Do you know if the Usyk versus Joshua card on the zone or Sky Sports? It's on Sky. I uh, think yeah, they I think- outbid. Them. How the hell are we gonna watch it? We well, don't yeah. have Sky. We, uh, I'm uh, sure they'll figure out team a stream. Way. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, <laughs> which camera are we? Uh, the best women's boxing show does not condone no. illegal streaming. No, we don't. Online, purchase your fights. We do not condone. Wait, well, we can't purchase streaming. it if we can't watch it. The no, best sure women's boxing show does not condone illegal streaming. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so okay, back to that. Okay, so how are the Italian uh, uh, Vladimir? How are how is how we are see they? we see what's happening, and um, it's almost like I don't want to say an afterthought that it's almost like another day of bombing, and just I, I see them that they're really championing to for help, and it's just it's really sad. It's it's just heartbreaking. Yeah. Uh, in fact, it was as you mentioned, it was Vitaly's birthday on uh, Tuesday, and yesterday he just got the award for the Arthur Arthur yeah, Ashe the Espies. award for courage at the ESPYs. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, it's odd, you know, uh, you know, I text with Vladimir and, and, uh, with Vitaly on, on his birthday. Um, it, uh, it, it's difficult what they're going through over there. Sergey Bochuk was stuck over there and there's Is he so still many, there? um, yeah, he's kind of like, we're, there's, we're trying to get him out, but it's not, it's not easy. Uh, you need like special permission for sportsmen and the whole thing. But, you know, I, I have lots of friends that I've met through the Klitschko's over there and, uh, just listening to the stories and seeing the videos of what's happening over there is, is just heart wrenching <sighs> what's happening over in, uh, in Ukraine. So, uh, our thoughts and prayers go out to both yeah. Italian Vladimir and, um, you know, people of Ukraine just, uh, suffering those, uh, those horrific uh, yeah. uh, attacks that they're going through over there. Yeah. Well, that's a, it's one of those things that we hate to see it, but boxing is, it, it's, you know, it's, it's given us some insight of what's happening there. And it's, it, there's a whole world out there besides boxing, but on a lighter yeah. note, and, so, and it was, uh, with Cynthia was remember the WBC convention was just over there in Kiev. Yeah. Um, and, Vitaly's the mayor of Kiev. Yeah. He just, uh, Vladimir just got inducted into the Hall of Fame mm-hmm. uh, this year. Unfortunately, he wasn't able to attend because, you know, he's, he's over there, uh, you know, they're all fighting for their country. So it's unfortunate what they're going through, but it, you really show a true sense of character. You know, both great fighters, great champions in the ring. 
but I have to say their uh, strength and courage uh, and fearlessness outside the ring, what they're going through right now is just to a whole different, whole different level. God, that's terrible. Well, our thoughts and prayers are with them and the whole country and everyone that's affected by this whole thing. Yes, it is. All right, we're going to switch gears. Don't want to be rude in that situation. Uh, but uh, the, one of the big reasons why we have you on is because near and dear to my heart is 360 Hollywood Fight Nights. It's a fight. That's right. It's were, the fight. The it's yeah, fight I was night, the MC. Bitches. Yeah, I, I haven't said that. It's fight oh. night, bitches. That was my... <laughs> Is my tagline. I got to uh, I got to be able to interview these fighters, um, some prospects coming up in the ranks, and uh, just uh, some female fighters. And it was a fun club show. It was in Hollywood, and now it's in Montebello at the Quiet Cannon. And um, I see that now you are officially congratulations with the UFC Fight Pass. So you got Mr. Dana White in, okay, involved big bank, for you. Howler. Big Bank Leffler. <laughs> right? You got to introduce us. Hello. Yeah. And so... Um, yeah. uh, Dana... I know. I saw. I saw the post. He's like, "This is a fight." Yeah, and I saw. I was watching some of the fights last night, and doing my homework. And he was really just like, "Oh shit! Oh my god!" And so um, now that uh, I don't even know what edition this is, what installation, like ten. I don't remember. I'm very sad. I'm not involved anymore because y'all don't hire me because I live in Vegas. No, it was stupid COVID, but I get it. I understand. I want to be a producer on the show. Book so, oh, me as a producer. But so we have, I remember Serhei Bohachuk, um, uh, Akhmadov was also, they were the headliners. And now you have a kid named Callum Walsh. This kid is, I don't think he's gone. I mean, he needs rounds. Tom, Callum Walsh from Corkland, Ireland, or Cork, Ireland, lives coming out of Long Beach. He's trained by Freddie Roach himself. Yeah. He's a knockout artist, but I it, like he's a fan friendly uh, fighter, and he's he's just fun. It's just like he knocks him out. But I want to see rounds because I want to see I want I want to see him tested. Do you ever tell him that? Like maybe kind of go easy on the guy. I'm not sure. <laughs> well, this is his fourth fight. This is a big step up fight. Oh uh, yeah, like, be- uh, Whitaker, so ben- right? Benjamin Whitaker. Yeah. yeah. If you look at box rec on their ratings, yeah. Callum's rated like number five fifteen in the world, and Whitaker is like two hundred. 204 something like that so it's a huge step up fight for him um i don't know how many rounds it's going to go i think uh, callum is one of the most talented guys yeah. that i've seen in the ring freddie said the same thing that's why we signed uh, callum because he said he's one of the uh, out of all the young fighters he works with worth all the fighters he works with he's one of the most talented young fighters he had a great amateur career six-time national irish champion wow. um european gold medalist he's a southpaw big power and uh, he's an exciting fighter. He's kind of along the lines. Uh, you know, when everyone says, like, I see the next Triple G or this, whatever, there's never going to be another Triple G. No. But uh, Callum has that same explosive power. He's tall and uh, he's exciting. And Dana has taken a big liking to him and he's really supported uh, the Hollywood Fight Nights. So we're trying to, um, you know, increase the profile of boxing on UFC Fight Pass. Make sure to watch it uh, August 4th. It's a Thursday. And uh, you can get a subscription to UFC Fight Pass and get all the content, not just the boxing. And it's really interesting. I didn't have a subscription before. And then then when we started working together, I've been watching a lot of the content. And they have a lot of great... Uh, a lot of great content on that uh, on that channel. So make sure to watch uh, Callum Walsh. I think he's the next, the up-and-coming uh, rising star. Especially with an Irish fan base. You can't go... You can't go wrong with that. I have an idea, Tom. Why don't you tell Dana White that we do a boxing show? I just... <laughs> And then you can say these ladies have been in business Mm -hmm. and they could do a show for you on UFC Fight Pass. They could just pick up this Specifically for 360. Mm -hmm. I am not new to your crowd. I'm just saying, Tom. You know, know, they don't have no So we can all start working together. Yeah, right? Right? And then we can start putting more females on the card. Exactly. Because uh, we... uh, They're next door. UFC is right next door next, to our new building. They are. We're off of Jones. We're on the other side. Yeah. That's how close. We can say, hi, Dana. Um, okay, so then we also have uh, Callum Walsh is no uh, stranger to Emmanuel Pacquiao Jr. Mm-hmm. He's fought yeah. on some under or, uh, some cards with him, uh, amateur cards. And he'll be fighting again. This is his second time, correct, on uh, the Hollywood Fight Nights? Second time on on our show, uh, Callum has got some great sparring down there at the at the wild card. He just sparred with uh, Virgil Ortiz Jr. Ooh, uh, I did see that. 
I was gonna talk about yeah. world class sparring. That was some great sparring between those guys and uh, and Emmanuel Pacquiao Jr. He, he trains with uh, Marvin Smodio, mm-hmm. uh, who's another outstanding trainer. Who's also uh, been in his card, dad's so, corner, uh, Manny yeah. Pacquiao, Senator Manny Pacquiao. So Marvin is no stranger That's to right. the Pacquiao right. name. So, yeah. okay. And he's a fan friend. You know, a lot of people come out just to see uh, Manny Jr. Absolutely. Uh, Do they call him um, Jim Well or they call him Emmanuel? You know what? It depends who you talk to. I've heard them <laughs> call anything from Manny Jr. to Jim Well to Emmanuel <laughs> Jr. So. I, I I can't really answer that question. I'll ask him because we're gonna interview him. So I may as well ask who him. You, depends on who you who you talk to. All right, and then I saw a little bit on your card. You you do feature female fighters because you are one of the very first promoters uh, alongside Lou DiBella, who's always been promoting females, as we know. Uh, Clar- uh, excuse me, Cecilia Bregus, and you've had Callie Reese on your cards, uh, Cla- uh, Clarissa Shields, and now to see all the trajectories of their um, of their careers, Callie Reese, we interviewed. She's now an actress. So um, great. You, if you haven't seen her interview, Tom, you need to watch it. But um, you have Elvina White. I remember interviewing her. She's going to be fighting Juarez, who Juarez fought against Chelsea Anderson, who Anderson yeah. beat. So I like these. And they're yeah. very uh, – you put on – what I like about – is it Chris – what's his name? Chris – your matchmaker, Chris Bosch? Is that how it is? Chris Bosch. Oh, Charles Bozeger. Yeah. <laughs> we need to edit that. <laughs> he, he puts on some great He's a really good matchmaker. Very um, th- These fights, you don't know who's going to win. Um, yeah. But you guys don't feed just people for an easy win, and that's what I love about 360. And, girl, you need to go. It's right there in Montebello. Go, Donna, can you, you take care of her? Down. Can you oh, give her the red carpet? Can you... Can you go introduce her you to might Dana White? Dana down there. I'm going to talk to Big Daddy Dana and be like, you know, Dana, what you need... You need a women's boxing <laughs> show, or no, just a women's fight show. I mean, that's they, specific he, to he them. He does. He does Another feature a lot of females on um, on UFC. Uh, yeah, Megan. I know. I know some yeah, of their some of their talent it. over there. I've so been in some media. I stuff think with it's them. time to like start featuring more women. Tom, why don't you help us hook us up? Exactly. Jeez, come <laughs> on, Tom. Uh, but yeah, so. Sadly, we're gonna have to go. But I have, I do have one question though. Since we're wrapping, we're kind of closing <laughs> the circle. What kind of question is? Oh this? no, no, it's very, very industry specific. So, like Cynthia mentioned, you and Lou DiBella have been doing it for a long time, putting off a women's yeah. boxing, showcasing women's boxing. How yeah. do you? And so now it's all the conversation is. Uh, Eddie Hearn and Jake Paul are doing everything for women's boxing. Uh-huh. And I'm not trying to trap you into like a clickbaity answer or anything like that. But you, Lou, you know, Lou, F, 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 F. <laughs> so we know how Lou responds. When you see all of this and all these praise and kudos being heaped upon them, it's like, hold on, I crawled so these dudes could run. So how do you feel when you just see the, oh, they're, whole, they're solely responsible for bringing women Great to the forefront? Great question, Jay. That's why I love doing yeah. the show with I, you. I don't know. <laughs> oh, you know, I'm just happy with anyone getting the spotlight. So, you know, we did uh, the two fights with Leila Ali. We had Sinise Estrada, who's yeah, a tremendous right. champion. We had her on three of our, three of our shows. Uh, she was on Golovkin from, Monroe. Yeah. And, and so I'm just happy that the... That female boxing is getting the spotlight it deserves. You know, I actually went with Cecilia and with Callum out to Madison Square Garden um, to watch that fight with uh, Katie Taylor and uh, with uh, with Serrano, and uh, it was a tremendous atmosphere. It was uh, you know you talk about the Superfly shows that we used to do with Chocotito. Oh, yeah, my and favorite. And, and, <laughs> you know, and, and that was a great atmosphere because we had so many international fighters. It was like a soccer atmosphere, and it was the same thing yeah. when you had the Irish fans versus the Puerto Rican fans. And so I was happy to see that show uh, sold out Madison Square Garden. I'm happy to see uh, uh, I'm happy to see the the fight, the Savannah Marshall against uh, Costa Shields. So I, I I don't hold any. I mean, there's no resentment if if they can take it and bring it to a different level. It's it's great. I, I think it's uh, it's great for the the, uh, the sport of women boxing and uh, and um, you know as long as they're evenly uh, matched up uh, fights and you know the deeper competition that you get. Um, the better that they'll rise. I'm working with a young, seventeen-year-old uh, uh, fighter, uh, Chantel Navarro, who actually we yeah. signed a Nike deal with. I saw her uh, with her father Nacho to manage uh, Nacho, 
Navarro, and uh, Chantel's a tremendous tra uh, talent. And so I'm I'm always trying to support the female boxing on the shows, just like we have this fight with the, for the WBC international title mm -hmm. uh, between Chelsea Anderson on the August fourth show and. Uh, Aida, I don't, I can't say her last name properly, so I don't want to butcher it. But she's from Kazakhstan, and that's actually on social media become kind of a rivalry with Aaron Tohill training Chelsea Anderson. So yeah. uh, make sure to watch that. Well, I like her. All right, Tom. Well, there's so much more to talk about. We're gonna have to bring you back on the show. And then also, sure. is Cecilia in in Europe right now training, or is she? You know, she's uh, training over here. She's training with Jonathan Banks. Okay. Well, then we're gonna have to have her on the show, so it's not an eight hour difference. That's Can fine. you let yeah, her no, know? She's, she's here. She's here on the uh, LA Times Zone. Okay, I'm oh, gonna give you. I'm better. gonna text you a checklist of all the names that we want: <laughs> Gennady, uh, Jonathan Banks, everyone, yeah. everyone, and we will all coordinate. And then, uh, Giandra, you have to go to the shows because uh, they're so fun. I've been to one for sure. I think I went to one of the first ones. Okay, first 360 show. Tom, how do you? Lastly, how do you keep your ego in check? You still like, <laughs> He's like I got no ego. You don't. You truly You truly, I love. You truly don't. And I that is a do, testament to your longevity. I just try to do the best that I can. You know, sometimes you're on top of the sport when, you know, we had the, the two heavyweight champions at the same time with the Pitchco brothers and then, you know, Triple G being the best middleweight that was out there. Uh, biggest, you know, one of the biggest names in the sport, the, the Superfly shows with Chocolatito. You know, I'm just happy for the success and the honor that I've been able to work with all these fighters. You know, Kevin Kelly was the first fighter that I worked with. And uh, I, I don't compare my success to what other people are doing. I just try to do the best that I can do. And if I can do a good job now working with Dana and bringing boxing onto UFC Fight Pass, I think that'll open up a lot of doors, just like what Jake Paul is doing, um, you know, exposing boxing to a lot of his fan base. Um, I, I think uh, the UFC fan base, if you put on some compelling fights and some competitive, in entertaining fights, I think you can really open up the sport of boxing to the to UFC Fight Pass uh, subscribers. Good. And you can get us on there. Mm -hmm. Anyway, <laughs> all right, uh, Tom, uh, we got to get going. But thank you for joining us. And you guys tune in to uh, Tom Lafos 360 Hollywood Fight Nights. Uh, get tickets if you are in the L.A. area, Quiet Canyon mm -hmm. Country Club in Montebello, California. If not, get it on UFC Fight Pass. Yes. It's fun. It's so fun. I mean, it's it would have been better if I was hosting it. <laughs> You guys both need to come to the show. August. I'm trying. I have to find a babysitter. My my son is not. I can't we leave him. him. We bring him to the fight. Right? I totally would. To I totally would. Okay, Tom, but uh, thank you again. And uh, I can't wait to see who's going to win, Canelo versus Gennady. I can't wait to see it's all the fights. Fight. It's going to be fun. That's, and we'll see you in Vegas. That's going to be a tremendous, a tremendous trilogy, uh, September 17th. Then Las Vegas. Don't miss, don't miss that one. That'll be tremendous. I expect special passes for Giandra and I to have like you know some kind of access. I just need the after party passes. <laughs> <laughs> Can you those. believe? In the second one, after I hosted the entire thing, I wasn't even invited to the after party, yo. I mean, can you believe this? I and mean, I was Team Gennady. I worked Team Gennady. And Jessica Rosales were. worked Team Canelo. And I wasn't even invited to the after party. Because we go into the real party. Oh, that would yeah. be fun. Okay, Tom, we got to wrap. <laughs> but thank you again. Um, uh, so, yes. And you guys, again, make sure. I don't know what camera I'm looking at, but I'll look at the middle one. Uh, but thank you again. And uh, make sure you guys tune in to UFC Fight Pass. August 20th. Excuse me, not August 20th. And we'll put August it in post. 4th. We'll put it in post. Uh, thanks, Tom. We appreciate you. Bye. Great to see both of you again. Bye. Bye. No, miss you guys. Oh, Jay, that was fun. Tom is always great to talk to. I mean, we can talk to Tom probably for like a good two, three hours because he has such a legacy. Oh, my God. People and he probably don't know. Because he's so low-key. And low-key, guys. Oh, oh, wait. He's done. Okay. Okay. So when when they hang up, Alex, we have to close the show still. Yeah, we're, no, we're Oh, we are? Oh. I didn't know that. Oh, okay. Okay, um, okay, ready, three, two, one. Yeah, so Tom has such, uh, the, the amount of knowledge he has and the fighters he's had. I mean, like I said, we have Gennady, we have Klitschko, we have, we had, he had Leila Ali, he had all of HBO. Kevin I Kelly, mean, Jesus. A history, a long storied history in the it's sport. A really good and one. he's such a cool guy. And yeah. the fact that he's so laid back and quiet tells me he has 
the bombest stories. Right. And he's because not, he's listening and yeah, he's not talking. He's not very braggadocious. He's just like, well, let let my let let my fighters and let my numbers speak for itself. Absolutely. And so and that's why maybe that could be the secret. That's the secret. The, shut your mouth. Shut your mouth. Do the and, work. Yeah. Put your head down and just and just like us, we're going to we're going to now shut up soon. We ain't shut up. <laughs> We still talking because it's the best women's boxing show, period. period. All right. On that end, uh, remember, like, share, subscribe. All of our uh, uh, interviews on YouTube, we dropped, like I said, every Tuesday, Thursday, 12 p.m. Pacific time, we drop a new episode those days. So you guys tune in, TikTok, Instagram, all of our socials. And um, again, you'll you'll see us again very soon. Thanks, Giandra. I'm Cynthia Conte. And I'm <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to another edition of the Best Women's Boxing Show, period. See you guys at the fights. Bye, guys. West Side. Bye.